0: So today we are talking about encouragement. And I just want to say that there are some right ways and some wrong ways to go about getting encouragement. So welcome to the third installment of this series that we are calling Mind Control. And the idea is that what consumes your mind actually controls your future. So the first week we talked about that and just laid out the idea that we all sometimes get stuck or sucked into negative thinking, but that we have to combat that by meditating on the Word of God. And once you can renew your mind with the Word of God by starving your fears and feeding your faith with it, then your life will begin to change because our lives are always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. And then last week, We discussed that we all need confidence in some area of our lives, but the illusion is that you can have confidence in yourself alone. But the truth is that your self-confidence has to be God-centered, and that we have to pull all of our confidence from God's promises and who He says that we are. So if you didn't get either one of those messages, you can go back and pick those up on our YouTube page or on our website. So today, we are talking about the idea of encouragement. And I think that we have to be first on that list. I think that we have to encourage ourselves so that we can encourage others. I found that sometimes the person that needs the most encouragement is often ourselves. And you might find that the person that needs the most encouragement in your life sometimes is you. If that's you, put it in the comments. Because I know that a lot of times people look at us and they think we all got it all together. We'll smile on the outside, but then we're hurting on the inside. We may be like a lot of people who live very confident lives on the outside, but there are parts of us, crevices in our lives that are very insecure. I mean, we look like we got it all together, but privately and in some areas of our lives, we feel like things are kind of falling apart sometimes the person that needs to be encouraged the most is us. And I think that Jesus knew this because there's a story in Matthew chapter 22 where Jesus is being questioned by the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, and they're trying to trap him. And they ask him this question, what's the greatest commandment? And he says this, he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And he understood they, or they understood that, that was an Old Testament command, and that was a vertical love between man and God. But then he says something new to them that they had never heard before. He says, this is the first and greatest commandment, but the second is like it. And then he says this, love your neighbor as yourself. So he says that loving God is not just this vertical thing between you and God, but you don't have to love everybody else. No, he says we do have to love everybody else. And we have been talking about that a lot, especially with the climate right now. But Jesus throws in a very interesting thought into this idea about how to love others. On another occasion, he says this, he said, love others as I have loved you. But here, he says it a little bit different. And he says, love your neighbor as yourself and here's the here's the takeaway and the and the struggle with that is that a lot of us we struggle to love ourselves if we were to love our neighbor as ourself it might be bad because a lot of times the way that we talk to ourselves you know our self-talk is toxic I mean, like, what are you doing? You don't know what you're doing. Why are you so stupid? You'll never be good enough. You'll never be a good enough parent. You'll never be able to please your spouse. You'll never be able to measure up to your parents' expectations or at work. You'll never be able to accomplish what this other person's accomplished. I'll never be able to make good enough grades. See, sometimes the the reason that we struggle to love other people is because we, this is the, this is how we talk to ourselves. We don't love ourselves very much. We have to ask ourselves, can we honestly say, that we love ourselves are we honestly happy with who we are I see it's so easy just to focus on our thoughts and or our faults and replay our insecurities over and over and over instead of who god says that we are but did you know that you can love yourself simply because god thought you valuable enough to love wow And you might say, well, you know, but it's more important that we love others, you know, that I love my family, my spouse, my friends. It's more important to love them than to love myself. And here's what I would say to you, though, is that Jesus commanded us to love others as we love ourselves. And so it's very difficult to love others when our insecurities and our inadequacies are all on the forefront of our thoughts, Because remember, what consumes your thoughts will control your future, and if your thoughts about yourself are toxic, that is actually going to bleed out and control your future and mess up the relationships with the people that you love. It will bleed over into your business, into your work. It'll affect the success of those things. It'll bleed over into your school and your friendships and every area of life. You see, learning to to encourage yourself and to to love yourself, it actually provides us with God-centered confidence. And and because we love ourselves, not because of what we can do, most of us have figured out that we have some insecurities and some deficiencies. But when we love ourselves because God first loved us, you see, He determines our value, not ourselves, and when we do that, we can gain a God-centered self-confidence and self-worth that will not only help you, but it will empower you to be there for those that you love as well. Let me take a minute and speak to those that are, being, that are single here and just looking for that right someone. Despite what all the romantic comedies say, that perfect somebody doesn't exist. There are people out there that are good choices. I mean, you can make good choices and bad choices, and I encourage you to find somebody that is a God follower, not only a word but in deed. But let me say this. Until you are enough for you, you will never be enough for them. One of the most attractive things in a person is an unshakable God-centered self-confidence. So many people are looking for that right somebody, but they're not actually trying to become the right somebody. See, once you become that right someone who is enough in and of yourself through Christ, you actually become amazingly attractive. When you're constantly needy and hungry for affection on the hunt for love, that's when you become unattractive inside. And so I wanna encourage you to find out who you are, personally as well as in Christ, and be very comfortable with that first and foremost. And you do that through encouraging yourself in the Lord. See, so many times we're the one that need encouragement first so that we can then be an encouragement. And listen, the one person that you can depend on to encourage yourself is you. So there is a portion of scripture that really speaks to me as far as helping me to understand how to build my faith, my confidence, and get encouraged. And it's found in 1 Samuel chapter 30 where David is this valiant warrior. He's the king of Israel. Well, his army comes back and arrives at home in Ziklag and the enemies had burned their entire city to the ground. It was left and ruined. And I mean, imagine that you come back with your troop, your men, and your wives and your children have been kidnapped, taken away. Your homes are burned to the ground. And so this is the picture. Your city's burned, family's gone, and the men, they blame David. And then all of a sudden, they're crying and they're wailing for their families and they decide that it's their leader's fault. They are going to make David pay. They want to kill him. And so David is in great danger because all of his men are extremely bitter about losing their family, obviously, and they turn on him and start talking about stoning him. And so the scripture says this, that David found strength in the Lord, his God. He found his personal strength in the Lord, his God. And this phrase, found strength, it actually comes from a Hebrew word that says shazak. It's called shazak. And it means to tell yourself to be strong. It implies that you're talking to yourself. It's self-talk. In fact, that's why the King James Version translated it this way. It says that David encouraged himself. He was talking to himself, shazak. He spoke to himself, He wasn't crazy, he he was talking to himself about the faithfulness of God, the goodness of God. He was just reminding himself of the provision of God. He built himself up in the kingdom of God and in the things of God, because everything that he saw around him was hopeless, cried discouragement. And it says in the middle of that, he encouraged himself. He built himself up in the faith, in his faith. He got his Shazak back, so to speak, some of us need to get our Shazak back. Pack. Put that in the comments right now. And so then in verse eight, he asks God, he says, should I, after he encourages himself, he says, should I chase after them? And then God tells him, yes, go after them. You will surely recover everything that's taken from you. And he did, and they did. But I wanna point something interesting here. That David got his direction from God, but it wasn't before he encouraged himself, it was actually after he encouraged himself. See, a lot of us were looking for direction and purpose from God, and in the middle of that, our hearts, they're downtrodden, our our souls are discouraged, and here's what I'm convinced of. I think that God is constantly speaking to us. I really do. I don't think God is stiff-arming us. I, think he, I don't think he's given us the silent treatment. I think many times he is speaking to us. We're just not tuned in to be able to hear his voice. And there is nothing that will muddy the water on hearing God's voice more than us focusing on our discouragement, our despondency, all the circumstances, how bad things are. And I believe that David, that he understood this. He understood that his relationship with God was one where he could hear God's voice, where he could encourage himself and get to a place that he knew that all things are possible. And so he is partnering with his God. And look, I know that encouraging yourself in the middle of hardship, that could be super difficult. And in the middle of criticism can be even harder. Positive words are super hard to remember. Is that right? I mean, negative words are hard to forget. I mean, I'm like this. I don't know if I'm the only one, but I can have 10 people give me a compliment. They can say something about, wow, we're so thankful you're our pastor. You helped me. Great message. But then one person can criticize me, and that one criticism is the thing that tries to take over my mind. In fact, scientists will say about our brains that we are almost predisposed to believe the negative immediately. It takes a full 15 seconds of focusing on anything positive before we even start to believe. It is so difficult sometimes to remember something positive. And it is so difficult to forget something that's negative. This is why what we say to ourselves matters more than you can imagine. Our self-talk words of life and faith, or are they words of death and hopelessness? So David talked to himself. He preached to himself. He built himself up in the Lord. In fact, to me, it is so amazingly personal. I mean, when you just read through the Psalms, when you read through the words of David, it's like reading his journal. It's like sometimes I feel guilty because I feel like I'm reading his diary, just getting a glimpse into his own internal dialogue. And one of those places, Psalms 42.5, says, Why, my soul, are you so downcast? Why are you disturbed within me? And in three different times in the Psalms, Dave actually, David actually says the same thing. He asks himself, Why? Why are you so downcast? He's talking to himself. He's asking himself, Why are you so downcast, O oh, my soul? Why are you hurting? Why are you so low? Why are you so depressed? And some of us, we may wanna ask ourselves that question. Why? Why do we feel so down, so disconnected, so battling You know, anxiety? Why? Why is fear overwhelming us? These are good questions because when we know that we are called to be a person of faith, to rise above all of this in power, that's a good question. And David asks himself why? See, he's experiencing discouragement and he's trying to encourage himself. And what I find super encouraging about this verse is first of all, he acknowledges his feelings. I think that's a key for a lot of us is just to look at it, take those imaginations captive. He acknowledges exactly where he's at. And then he goes on and he begins to encourage himself in the Lord. And you do need to acknowledge the things that are going on on the inside of you. You're not just putting your head in the sand. But so many people, they camp there. They hang out there. They nurture that discouragement. And that, my friends, that's what you cannot do. You have to take the next step along with David. The next step is encourage yourself in the Lord. And watch this. Then he says, put your hope in God. He's talking to himself. See, a lot of times we misplace our hope. We put it in other things, right? We we look to our relationships. To bring self-worth or encouragement, or we look to a salary or a career or even, you know, the opinions of others or how stable our country is. The issue is, is that all these things lead to a discouragement because there is a hole in your heart that only God and His love and His encouragement can fill. Why is this? I mean, why are we depressed? Why are we downtrodden when we have... The faithfulness, the goodness, the power and the provision of God. We have to put our hope and faith in Him. We have to put our trust in Him because He is always faithful, always with us. He will never leave us. He is completely for us. And so why are we so downcast sometimes? See, we have to put our hope in God and encourage ourselves in the Lord. Because what David didn't say, he didn't look in the mirror and say, David, you got this. You're the man. You're good enough. You're good looking enough. You're a warrior. No, he didn't go through all that. He said, he's talking to himself and he says, you, put your hope in God. Have a God-centered confidence. Get your shazak back, David. Talk to yourself. Preach to yourself. It's like whenever we look on the news and it says everything's falling apart. Tomorrow's going to be worse than today. Just preach to yourself. Nope, my God is my provider. My God is my protector. My God is good, all-powerful, ever-present. And he knew all this was gonna happen even before it happened. And he is working in all things to bring good to me because I love him and I am called according to his purpose. You see, that voice, when that voice says that your relationships are gonna break down, you're never gonna have anything meaningful, nope. My God, I trust that my God is working in the people around me. Whenever you find yourself down, depressed, discouraged, talk to yourself, encourage yourself. And also you'll notice that after he encourages himself to place his hope in God, he actually goes back and he praises God. See, he's telling himself, put your hope in God for I will yet praise him. See, he makes a decision to not allow his emotions to control him, and that is a decision that we all have. Look, you can't decide what you feel, but you can decide what you're going to dwell on and what you're gonna allow to control you. You see, you may feel discouraged, but we don't have to let that dictate our actions. If we can get our Shazam back and talk to ourselves, we can get up, we can begin to worship God, whether we feel like it or not. Because at the end of the day, our feelings, they do not determine whether God is worthy of praise or not. Worshiping God helps us take our focus off of ourselves and what we're going through, and it puts our focus back on the one who can actually bring us through it all. Because remember, your life is going to go in the direction of your strongest thoughts. And so, worship, keeping your mind set on God in the middle of despair, in the middle of discouragement, this steers your thoughts in a certain direction. Because remember, what consumes your mind and your thoughts controls your future. So, instead of focusing on our discouragement, our sadness, or even our anger, we can focus on how good God is. Now, You could be honest about your weaknesses. I mean, this is what David did. He was very honest about where he was at, that he was discouraged, but then he turns around and he begins to worship because he realized that that's what brings God's strength in his life. The Bible says that he is strong in our weaknesses when we bring them to him. Yeah, so you messed up and yet he's faithful. Yes, you're down and yet he is filled with grace. And so then this brings us to the end where he says, my savior, my God. You see, you have a personal relationship. He's not just God, he's your God. And when you become born again, you have a personal relationship with him. He becomes our God. So when you're discouraged, you can always be encouraged by the amazing picture that you have and the relationship that you have with the very God of the universe. The God who hangs the stars, that made the universe, that causes the sun to rise and to set. The God who makes the ocean waves move. This, this is the God that you, that you have a personal relationship with. And the Bible says that if God is for you, then who could be against you?